Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast. I'm pleased to welcome the customary deadly duo, Nathan Guerra. You dude. Hey Simon, how are you? Very well, thank you. And Shane Miller, g'day mate. G'day Simon, how's things? Not too bad with me, thank you very much. Now let's make a start because it's a busy podcast and I'm really not going to spend too long on this because by the time people hear this, it may well be, and in fact I am sincerely hoping it is, completely out of date. Uh, Three little letters, iOS. At one point this week, I actually thought Zwift Riders was going to completely melt down. Uh, on the hour, every hour, somebody was asking, when is iOS coming out? I think for us who are already on Zwift and have a computer that can do it and all that different kind of stuff is, is you know, well, we're already here. Just use a computer for now and I'm already on Zwift. But if you're waiting to get on Zwift and it's winter and you don't want to go ride your bike in the middle of winter, uh, every day I got a workout I got to do. I mean, I can understand that a little bit. Now, to p- put pressures like and go crazy about it on Zwift is a whole other story, but I can understand the urgency to want to get my workout done. I'm thinking iOS, okay, well, it's kind of good and it's kind of fine, uh, but I'm not that really exercised about it because I'm already on Zwift, as Nathan just said, and I've got my setup and stuff. Is there this, like, huge contingent of people who are just dying to get on Zwift and are counting the minutes and seconds to the iOS release? I mean, do, do they exist, do you think? I'm not sure because we don't see them. We see the hardcore enthusiast in Zwift Riders and Zwift Oz and Zwift UK um, and all the subgroups. So we see people who are already on there already. So I'm not quite sure there's either going to be a whole wave of people on board, which is going to be great, or we're going to see something a bit like the Apple Watch, I think, where the, the hype is huge, everyone wants one, and then it comes out, it's just a watch, or it may be just Zwift, which is a good thing. I mean, we all love Zwift, but I, I don't know. It could go either way with this one. Um, I'm keen to see, and hopefully minute now we'll find out um by the way i am going to nominate Lindsay Lindsay ruppert and for people who don't know Lindsay, she hangs around on the groups she's she's with staff and she hangs around on the groups just generally kind of uh, hovering and cruising and, and solving pe- people's problems on the fly she's terrific actually uh but i'm going to nominate her for for, for facebook post of 2016 uh, deep down in some nested comments Lindsay said uh, in response to about the 99th iteration of when are we going to get iOS. She said, every time you ask if we have a date, we put it back a week. (laughs) I saw that one. I saw that one. I think I got a few thumbs up. Anyway, the other big arrival this week was uh, Tax Flux, another highly anticipated event, eagerly awaited event uh, in the Zwift universe. And Shane, you were amongst the first to get your backside on one. Uh, So let's have the quick heads up. I know, obviously, we've got one of the uh, legendary uh, Llama YouTube posts on this. But for Zwiftcast listeners, let's let's have the personal view, please. Um, my general comments were it's rock solid, the build. It really is. Even with a plastic outer shell, it's got a really sturdy frame underneath it all. So while it looks plastic, it's a lot more underneath. So that, that was really good. Real industrial feel to it, which is what we'd like when we're uh, riding something and doing sprints and throwing our bikes around. Um, good response time to gradients. Again, I can't quantify that just yet, but watch for that soon. Um, the one thing I did notice, though, is the power output in the sprints because it's a power estimator, not a power meter. Well, it, it sort of outputs power on both Bluetooth and Ant Plus, um, but it still estimates power. There's no strain gauges or typical power meter as we know them. So it has a little bit of trouble getting up to speed as soon as there's a really quick change in acceleration. This is something that Wahoo addressed in their firmware back in May. With the, uh, with the kicker. Um, you may remember there was this firmware that handled better accelerations. Tax haven't seemed to look sideways at what Wahoo have done with that, and there's a little bit of lag there. So mm, stay tuned for more data on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I picked that up instantly, uh, both in your stuff and on, on the DC Rainmaker review. And, of course, you know, I, like everybody else in the entire sports tech world, think that DC Rainmaker is a god. However, I think he kind of underplayed this a bit, really, maybe because he doesn't swift as much as we do. But, Nathan, if you have got a four or five or six-second lag in 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 Zwift reading your power from the beginning of a sprint. I mean, if you race a bit, that's really bad news. Yeah, it's huge. And 
I know that there's plenty of people out there who adjust to those things as much as they possibly can, because there are trainers out there that do have that. You learn your trainer and kind of after enough, enough experience with it, you know, okay, I think this is going to happen now, or I think that that's going to happen now. But the reality is, is that for immediate response, having the, the quickest response to what's happening right in front of you is always going to be the best when it comes to competitive stuff happening online. You're going to want it to respond to your legs immediately. And it's always so nice when you're looking at your peak powers it's not just about racing like to go for a max sprint i can't do a max sprint on some of my trainers it's impossible i can't see my peak numbers there i can't see my peak numbers for my five or 15s usually then either so it, it's a it's an important factor and to me it's really important actually well i'm no electronic or mechanical engineer but it does seem to me as though it's the kind of problem that will and could be solved by a firmware update. Shane, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. But it does depend on the internals of the system. Um, there's a lot of magic behind these black boxes. We just see the output at the end. So the way the Wahoo uh, kicker operates may be completely different to how the TaxFlux operates inside. But as an end user, let's fingers crossed we uh, we can feed the data back to those guys and they get some uh, some engineers on the case and see what they can do. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does need fixing, I think. It does need fixing. But uh, we shall see. I'm sure tax are well aware of it. OK, so we've got a new route inbound, which has kind of emerged in that way that John Mayfield likes to let us know these things, which is almost sort of sideways. There was a, a, a kind of a little afterthought posting in, um, in a piece of information from Swift about some server maintenance that there was a new route coming. Uh, so, Shane, you were in Long Beach recently. I think you your brains need to be picked, my friend. Come on, did you see anything you can tell us about uh, in the volcano sphere? Uh, my official line is that I know nothing. Oh, I thought that might be the official line, but you're amongst friends, Shane. Oh, okay, so the Zwiftcast answer, right. Uh, I can't confirm or deny it being a, a volcano. Yeah, I think Shane's being way too discreet. <laughs> He's being very discreet. Uh, a volcano, though, Nathan, it, it suggests, you know, potentially more gamey than sporty elements are we going to see incentives involving being chased by fast moving lava flows do you think i that'd be pretty awesome there's been a lot of chatter actually around the channels a little bit about objective based gaming like having cuz we already have the missions going on right and so starting to make that a more integral part of the game though so that people can go do things that are objective-based mission-based just as a part of the game and maybe even earn things in game that way would be kind of cool I got, I got a little peek at at some of that too and uh i can't confirm or deny that there is may or not be lava and some other things happening out on course and some pretty cool looking stone things might not be there or be there i'm not sure so anyways it was um Two new elements, two new elements that we can neither confirm nor deny there, which is the presence of lava and stones. Oh, well, you know, we're not got, we haven't got very far in illuminating the Zwiftcast listeners here, have we, boys? So we're just going, like everybody else, I guess we're just going to have to be patient. Um, well, listen, speaking of lava, oh, how about this for a link, fellas? Another matter that generated a bit of heat this week was a plan to start a ratings site for group rides, um, kind of like TripAdvisor for Zwift. Now, we are going to give this a fair hearing and chat about it shortly, and it has been controversial. But first, let's hear from the man who came up with the idea in the first place. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Christopher O'Hearn, who is a ride leader, and uh, I'm telling people that because it's particularly pertinent to the discussion we're about to have. Hi, Christopher. Hello, how are you, Simon? Very well, thank you. Now, you uh, lead a long endurance ride, a three-hour ride called the ZHR Winter Ride on a Sunday morning GMT, but you have gained... Um, I might have to use the word notoriety, actually, but you've you've certainly gained a little bit of attention because of a post on Facebook. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to put words into your mouth. I will let you say the words out of your own mouth. What was the nature of your idea? I've noticed, um, and I'm sure a lot of other people have, people complaining about group rides here where you say, OK, we're going to go out and we're going to do, you know, 2.5 watts per kilo or three up the hills and whatever. And they end up being, you know, whatever, 3.5, 4 watts per kilo. And, and, you know, these are not people who are 
newbies who come into it thinking everything's going to be, you know, these are people who've been on it for a long time, but, but that's the problem. So what um, a few of us were thinking of was, look, what about a way where people can, you know, look up a group ride and, and get an idea of its attributes, some sort of rating or, and I say rating more than review, you know, I'm not into subjective comments. I actually work professionally in quantitative research. I work in TB ratings. So I'm, I'm used to this sort of thing. And, you know, so something where you can rate rides and it's not about choosing the best ride, just in the same way that you don't choose the best hotel, you choose the hotel that is right for you. So it's about finding out what, that's why I say it's about attributes of rides. You know, is this a ride that often goes above its limit? Is it a ride where the leader communicates well? Is it a ride where it's very structured? You know, what's important to people in a ride and how can we rate those to put the right people in the right rides? And I think that's good for riders and it's good for ride leaders. I don't think I'm exaggerating to say that on a scale of somewhere between a lead balloon and a cup of cold sick, you know, it was it was certainly maybe in the middle of that scale. It was not well received and it was particularly not well received by people who thought that this would simply act as a means of having a pop or otherwise not being supportive of ride leaders who are volunteers, who give up their own time, who put an awful lot of effort into leading rides for no return whatsoever. And the vast majority of group rides I've been on, to be honest, the problem is not with the ride leader. The problem is with the participants who choose to fly off the front. I've done lots of group rides where the ride leader has stuck religiously to the advertised pace. And I'd say most ride leaders do that. So I think the problem that people identified with the with the idea as proposed is that it would just be a forum for negativity. Seriously. I mean, no, seriously, I think that's a really important point to make because a lot of people said, oh, this is all going to be you know, a well of poison and it's going to be awful and whatever. I wouldn't be involved in that. Why would I want to run something which just gives people a platform to criticise other people? And so first of all, I don't believe the Zwift community is like that. I think it's a very positive and supportive community where people are very keen to say, hey, this guy is a really good ride leader. You should join his ride. You know, I, I led a three-hour ride this morning and I get a lot of nice comments during the ride and I get a lot of ride-ons and I get a lot of kudos on Strava afterwards. Wouldn't it be nice if I also had some way of going to a, an app and saying, hey, my ride gets a 94% approval rating or whatever. I'm in the top 10% of all, you know, group rides on Zwift. Yeah, but hang on, Christopher. I mean, the, again, you know, this all sounds really super reasonable in theory, but, I mean, we all know how the internet works. People who have a gripe or a whinge or a grudge or something are way, way, way more likely to contribute to a rating site than somebody who's gone away from um, a, a group ride really, really happy. Well, I, I, I don't agree with that. I, no, I, I don't accept the premise of that because I think Zwift is, is not the same as Amazon or Yelp or or something like that. I'm, I'm trying to get away from being subjective and have reviews. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, you know, we're, we're, I'm more keen. As I said, I work in quantitative research, not qualitative research. You know, I'm, I like numbers, and and numbers outweigh that sort of thing. You can have one disgruntled person, but you will get, you know, 20, 30, 40 people who will go on and say that. So, so to your point about whether it went down like a bucket of cold sick or a lead balloon, it did amongst the couple of dozen people who are most vocal on a couple of Facebook pages. Actually, when I looked at the survey, um, I've had more than 200 responses. So that's a much weightier sample than, you know, the, the, the 15 or 20 people who left negative comments on Facebook. Mm. Well, I, mean, yeah, I think you may have a good point there because the Swift community is a particularly engaged community. And, and if you look at it, it generally is a, a pretty positive community and, and helpful and supportive. So, you know, you yeah, you, you may have a point there. But, I mean, inevitably, if, if some ride leaders are maybe going to find this a bit hard to take, and that means it may be a disincentive to for people to be ride leaders. I mean, do you accept that's a risk? And I accept that any change makes people nervous. It, you know, they don't always see the need for it and, and you know, they don't like it. So I, I expected that 
from the beginning. I, I would hope that you know people will approach it with a slightly more open mind than some people have approached it with so far. You've put forward a very good case. You've defended what I felt was an unpopular idea, uh, and you've explained some really useful context behind it. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it progresses from here. Well, I think Christopher sounds like a pretty reasonable guy. He's obviously got the professional background to be able to bring some insight into the method in the way that this might work. But this idea went down really badly with ride leaders, and I'm kind of wondering whether that in itself makes it a bad idea. Shane, what do you think? I go with a straight-out no for this. Um, the reason being is because the feedback will be on the outliers of the certain group rides. Um, so the flyers off the front, that's where the feedback will be aimed at, not at the actual ride leader. They may be doing a really, really good job, except the ride gets a bad rating because of the outliers. And the ride leader can't control this. Um, there's no tools for them to control that, to boot people off if they're playing up or you know commenting um, irresponsibly or just you know, acting the fool, I guess you'd call it. If a ride a group ride is thought to be, in inverted commas, bad, that is almost always, at least in my experience, nothing whatever to do with the ride leader. It's to do with the, how shall I put this politely, over-enthusiastic people who fly off the front of a group ride. I mean, why they're on a group ride in the first place, I've just absolutely no idea, but that's a kind of different issue or maybe it's not actually maybe it's actually but actually the the heart of the problem nathan um you know i mean certainly at my club in real life ride leaders are as rare as hen's teeth and we cherish and love them and we would do nothing whatever to put them off uh doing what is basically a bit of a thankless task yeah and I am, uh, the problem is not the ride leaders like Shane was saying, like you were saying, usually. And how do you go and start rating rides that for some reason are attracting a few people um, or whatever it might be? Like it's the community that comes around the ride that is going to make it one way or another usually rather than the way that it's being led. And so you're then rating the community around the ride rather than the actual leader. Now, um, it would have to be a little more specific probably like about how it was led by the leader or what kind of a ride that it was and whether or not it was like negative. I'm not sure that maybe positive feedback or maybe, I don't want to say that just policing on positive feedback, but maybe more of a reflection on, hey, here's some feedback for ride leaders. You know, that's a good tool. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a great tool. I completely understand that. But um, I completely agree as far as third party, not being able to find it. There's just a lot going on there that I'm not seeing um, it being uh, a tool that's going to be super, super helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I get a bit impatient with some of the chatter around group rides. And, and this might sound fairly hardline, but you, you know what? If you go on a group ride and you can't keep up, well, basically you've got two options. Uh, option number one is like pedal harder, or option number two is you put it down to experience and next time find a group that suits your pace. You know, what is the point of leaping onto Facebook and whinging and whining about getting dropped because three or four people went 0.2 watts per kilo over the advertised pace of the race? I mean... Really, Shane, am I being, you know, my usual miserable British intolerant self here or should people just get a grip? Yes, yes, you are. Yep. I, yeah, it comes down to the posting while the heart rate is still high, I think. Um, and a lot of people do that. If you've chased on really, really hard with all you've got um, and, you know, the emotions are still running pretty high and people jump on the keyboard. So I say give it 60 minutes, cool down, and by that time there's usually another ride to jump onto. So uh, people should use the energy for that. I also liked how you related it to real life, Shane. And in real life, you just let that guy go. I mean, if that guy needs to go do his intervals and he wants to go faster than everybody else is riding, then just let – I find myself – Alone a lot on group rides. So if you had voice chat and people are on there, it's more, I think it's going to be more of a personal thing or more accountability when the voice comes along to this. Um, so we're keen to see how it goes and how that changes the dynamic of these rides. 
Well, you know, in some senses, good luck to Christopher. I, I do believe he's doing it for the best of, out of the best of motives and with the best of intentions. But I feel a, I feel he's up against a bit of a wall of opposition here. And I do think that, that we, as a community, need to treat ride leaders carefully. But, you know, Christopher is obviously a bright guy and I'm sure he'll listen to, to the feedback that he's getting from, from all directions. Look, even with a bit of our, you know, I think there was three thumbs down there from us. As I said, I love the future thought. I love the ideas. So if anybody has ideas like this, please float them. Even if they're good or bad, sometimes some of the weirdest ideas will come to fruition and change the game. And that's happened, I mean, across all technology. So don't let this be a hesitant or don't let this be a, a back down for anybody who's going to come through with an idea. I'd say post them up. Let's talk. That's what the discussion's all about. Well... Uh, I'm sure he'll report back. He sounds like uh, the kind of guy who's not going to do something just for the sake of doing it. I think, you know, if he goes ahead with this, I think it will be thought through. But anyway, we shall see where that one goes. OK, let's move on. Um, next week, the Zwift Academy scheme, which, as people will know, is Zwift's plan to use the platform to recruit a Zwifter to become a pro rider with the Canyon Tram team, reaches its climax. 1,200 lady riders started off within the scheme. That was whittled down to 12 semi-finalists, and now it's just three, and that next week will become just one. Let's hear from one of those three. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Leah Thorvildsen. And the last time we spoke, you'd made it into the final 12, and you've now made it into the final three. That must feel quite good. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm sitting here smiling with my mouth, just kind of gazing wide open, waiting for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, unbelievable, actually, a little bit. Um, so I had felt like I had a good shot, but I really wasn't sure. I had two picked out as definites, and I was not one of them. So needless to say, I was beyond thrilled and beyond surprised when I got the phone call and I... I literally started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and how tough has this last phase been, Leah, this last phase of semifinal work? One week into the tougher month, I started having some technical issues. Um, it was it was odd. It was just like even getting on and spinning felt super hard. And when I would go into the Zwift module, I would be riding along at whatever my watts might be, say 170, and we'd get to a hill and I'd start climbing. And just knowing, you know, you get to know your own body and you know the kind of effort you're putting out. And I would be putting out what felt like close to 400 watts and it would start dropping and I was going back and forth with tech support with Zwift and we couldn't figure it out. I switched over to a new trainer. I updated all the software on my computers. I did test after test after test on the bike and never could get it right. That must have been worrying on the basis that there's somebody else poring over every single tiny bit of data and testing you. I was freaking out. There was one day I came home from work at 5.30 and at 10.30 at night, I was literally still trying to resolve it. That must have messed, messed with your head. It messed with my head. I mean, I went from thinking like, I'm doing well. No, never did I go into this thinking I'm the one. I thought you're a, you're a dark horse on this and you've got to give it your best if you want a shot. So it was like, suddenly not only do I think I'm probably not a favorite, but I'm having all these issues. I probably sound like a whiny baby because I'm in their ear all the time because I'm trying to figure it out. I happened to see on someone's post someone talking about a new tire. And I'm like, my tire, my tire looks fine. Well, I don't think it probably was. Um, I saw them saying, you know, they, I usually change my tires after two or 3,000 miles. And I was like, this tire's got like 7,000 miles on it. I think that might be the problem. So I got a new tire. And, you know, just the, the trainer tires are so hard. But so, I, and I changed a few things at the same time, but I think it was my stupid tire the whole time. That's so embarrassing to say, but it was draining and it was, and I just thought I've lost my chance because how do they know that I'm not, I mean, I guess I have my outdoor data. So they had to have an idea that something was wrong, but even if something is wrong, I can't do the testing. I can't do. So that messed with my head for sure. Hey, but listen, but listen, you got there in the end. You're, you are in the last three I got there. I got there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. And now it's uh, Next Stop Mallorca, and it's a training camp with a pro team, and it's three down to one. I'm guessing you're quite excited. I can't fathom that, but I couldn't fathom this. So it's like I, you have to. You have to wrap your mind around that. That's a reality. I, um, I think of the three of us, I have the least 
racing experience. Um, it's intimidating for sure. You know, um, I rode a high kind of all day Saturday and suddenly I'm sitting there Saturday night relaxing and trying to take it all in. And I was like, maybe riding with pros like that know each other and they've ridden together. So there's definitely an intimidation factor that I'm, I mean, I'm trying not to be, I think that's natural. I don't, you know, I'm, I think the, I've got, you've got to go into that situation relaxed, but also respecting the fact that they, they know each other, they know each other's, they know the way they ride. Um, I certainly don't want to be, you know, Hey, amateur hour. Like I don't, I don't want to be causing problems. I just, um, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm very excited. I think it's the coolest opportunity. Um, how many people get to do this? Uh, I guess three. (laughs) I don't envy Leah next week, guys, to be quite honest, because I actually think now next week, is probably really all about whether your face fits rather than whether your numbers are good. It's basically a week-long job interview on a bike and at dinner, isn't it? So, yeah, well, jumping in with pro riders and uh, getting into their training camp, though, is a whole nother aspect. And from going to some training camps and knowing what those are like, you get thrown into interval situations and climbing situations and you get thrown into like they're practicing racing sometimes, you know, they go out and do some big miles, but then like they're also ramping up for January racing if they have January races. And so whether or not you can ride a bike well too does really come into uh, an impact, I think though. So I think there's going to be skills that are real life that are going to start to come into a play for sure now. And the rubber's literally going to hit the road. I mean, Shane, this is going to be as much about whether you're fun at dinner more than what your FTP is. Oh, look, there's a lot more to riding a bike than just pushing on the pedals. There is a lot more. Um, Things like social fit and just, uh, look, I can't even, I won't even start to list them off what you need. Um, But what an amazing time. You've got three women who next year could be riding the pro peloton. Um, That would scare the living daylights out of me, not knowing next week if that's me or not. So I I can't wait to follow along online with this. But, but, I mean, the the way that teams get on is, is, pretty critical to their success isn't it i mean the history of cycling is littered with rivalries within teams which well actually sometimes they have ended well because of that whole internal competition thing but i mean the recent history has been that you know if teams don't get on teams don't do well don't you think that's true nathan uh, yeah, I uh, actually got to spend a little bit of time with Canyon Stram at the uh, Tour of California last uh, year, and they were like a small family that were hanging around uh, the lunch table prior to the event, and they all got around really, really well. Uh, you know, the mechanics were there, the team manager was there, everybody was sitting around laughing, having a good time and fitting in with that group is going to be super important because these are people you have to trust sometimes with your life out on the road, doing crazy kinds of speeds and having any kind of infighting, just meshing well is going to be really, really important. I have to completely agree with that, Simon, for sure. Well, the best of luck to all of those three girls. I think they've got a tough week ahead of them, but hey, they've put some uh, they've put some hard miles in already. So the best of luck to all three. And we will, of course, be catching up with who it is, the final, the identity of the winner uh, on the next podcast for sure. Um, now, it seems like it's been a bit of a kind of fractious fortnight, at least in part, on some of the groups. And there's been a bit of friction with the Trainer Road folks. Nate Pearson, the CEO of Trainer Road, jumped onto the Zwift workout group and very politely made a request. And there's no really easy way of putting this. What he asked was for people to stop stealing Trainer Road's property. What's happened here is that the workout library of Trainer Road has been transformed into Zwift workouts, which is like super easy to do and and posted. And, you know, this is not cool, really, as, as Eric Min himself said as part of that conversation. To be blunt, it's theft. And, and Nate's intervention was very warmly received by the people who, who commented on it in, in that post. However, it does raise a couple of points. Uh, I mean, firstly, what's taken him so long? Because this has been going on for ages. 
And secondly, and maybe more importantly, it to me shows just how vulnerable Trainer Road are. I mean, Shane, they've got no moat. You know, the defence of their business, uh, the defences are really weak and easily breached, as this episode completely demonstrated. Do you think they can survive? Look, for sure they can survive. They've got a great user base already, and they offer something that Zwift doesn't really offer, which is such a, a wide range of um, workouts to choose from. However, that's why people are copying them, because they're there. This is an interesting one, because I've seen this happen. Um, people took the Sufferfest work and put them on Trainer Road. So it happens in, it sort of goes both directions. So Sufferfest went to Trainer Road, and then Trainer Road things are going over to Zwift. Companies have to innovate or die. They cannot stand still. Um, so let's talk about the Sufferfest. They were videos that you'd pay $10 for and then pull the whole video down. And then people would just copy them around. I've seen that. They were up on pirate sites and things like that, which really hurt their business. They then went to a subscription model. So you could do $10 a month and have access to all the videos and you stream the videos down. So that's where they've come along and innovated um, and hopefully continue on with their business. Trainer Road, on the other hand, if their IP or they see what they see their IP is as the workouts themselves, um, yeah, that's a tough one because as uh, I think Nate put in his, um, his uh, you can't copyright, you know, two by 20. That's just, yeah, intervals are, are quite easy. I think what they need to do is make sure the platform is um, new, innovative, um, and it keeps developing in a way that keeps their uh, their audience or their customers um, invigorated and wanting to be on the platform. I mean, the thing is, it may not be one uh, or, or the other. Nathan, do you have subs to Zwift and Trainer Road? I know, you know, quite a lot of people do, particularly people who are very serious about training. Uh, I use Trainer Road for a little while up front, but I no, I no longer use it at, at, at all. The the selling point for them seems to be the workouts, like Shane was saying, and eventually your library just gets big enough. I think that the hardcore group with Trainer Road is uh, really dedicated to the real life feeling. They're uh, they've already got a pain cave, and they've been doing this in more of a solitude environment for a really long time. And the maybe it's more of a TT or a triathlete type individual who has more of a solo event that they're training for and they just get really focused and down to what to down to business and almost like not doing Zwift is like like hardcore you know maybe or yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, social yeah, aspect yeah. is lost on them maybe but yeah. I think there's kind of a critical mass point that's being pushed toward though with Zwift and the the social aspect it's just such a pull the more people that come on the more people that come on and you keep on getting that uh, that building of uh, of an audience and so the more so the, the bigger social group that you get having towards Zwift the more Zwift's going to grow and I think engaging or finding some way to engage the audience needs to be their response and and what is their heartbeat besides maybe uh just workouts because i think that uh there's a lot of coaches out there, there's a lot of options out there when it comes to workouts obviously everybody's got views on how zwift are going to spend all this investment cash that that they're sitting on at the moment but it's a reasonably fair bet i think that they're going to up the game in the workout department i mean they launched that product and very good though it is not a great deal has changed within it in the last year or so. I mean, I would think that they have got that in their gun sights for sharpening, improving, expanding. Once they start to up their game, I mean, that's another nail in Trainer Road's coffin. I don't mean to be doomy about Trainer Road. I, you know, I used to use Trainer Road. I like it. I think there's a great deal of affection for it out in the cycling community. But but you can't really run a business on on affection, can you? No, that's right. As I said, it's it's about innovating or dying. Um, and we saw today, sort of on, on a similar um, on a similar note to this, there was an article from Bike Radar, and the most popular ridden route on Strava in 2016 was a Zwift segment. So you've got Trainer Road and the Sufferfest up against that, and that's that's going out to all cyclists. The sort of and you can't buy that. That's just that's what the community have done. So there's a big swing towards the social side. Um, and look, it wouldn't surprise me if Trainer Road do maybe go social. Um, maybe have training groups doing all the same workouts together. That's that's something they could look at. Well, and also I think that's another step for Zwift as well that we've been talking about. I know a lot of people are doing group workouts now on Zwift. We're running that with the Vision Training Camp. I know ODZ are doing that. I know that there's a lot. There's CIS is doing that. And okay, there's something that the community is already doing. Maybe Zwift now start creating events that are workout based too. And so everybody has the same workout in front of them, right? And so... Yeah, but, but, but you know, that would end in ruins, wouldn't it? Because people would fly off the front. 
<laughs> I don't know. Now that's that. Now the voice communication is what we use for that, though, right? I, I really hope they survive because, and perhaps I'm just being too 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 pessimistic on questioning their survival. I hope they thrive alongside Swift because it's always good to have uh, both options and competition. Uh, now I did ask them if they wanted to come on the podcast to talk about this, but but they did say they'd rather not, which is fine. That's fair enough. Okay, let's hear next from Rachel Elliott. Now, we've been tracking Rachel's progress through the podcast uh, for quite some months now, and Rachel ended up a disappointed Zwift Academy semi-finalist. So let's hear about that from Rachel. I I am pleased to say I was actually asked to go on it, and and unfortunately, due to my um, work situation, I I wasn't able to accept. I I unfortunately um, couldn't get time off work to go to the Mallorca training camp which was pretty heartbreaking because I think it's a great thing and I, I really really wanted to be involved with it to the end so I'm I'm very sad about that but I'm, I'm really really pleased for the three ladies who have gone through I know they're all three very very strong riders and I, I wish them all the luck. So you went through on the basis of data and performance and completion of the program and the thing that stopped you progressing to the next opportunity was kind of the rest of life. Is is that sort of accurate? Um, I think it is. I mean, I was fully committed to it. And I, I, I you know, I, I put myself through those four hour training sessions in freezing conditions in the Berkshire countryside. And I sort of um, I got I got so much out of it. But yes, ultimately, um, I mean, I work for a, a very good company. I, I love working there, but they're they're not the biggest company in the world. And we're coming up to a busy period. And I um, unfortunately couldn't get couldn't get the time off. We had quite a short time to make the decision. Um, I was actually out of the country in, in Tenerife cycling at the time and I only had 24 hours to, to decide if I could do it um, over a weekend and it was, it was quite difficult for me to contact work. That must have been a, that must have been a pretty agonising 24 hours. I was very, very pleased to be asked but I knew I had to get, get through this final barrier with, with work and um, unfortunately this time it, it, it couldn't happen. Um, I can, and I can fully understand it from from a work perspective why they couldn't let me. I've got a, a job and people need me there, so I can understand why why, why they said that to me. Yeah, no, abso- absolutely. I'm sure people will will absolutely empathise with that. Mm. But there will be perhaps a, a small minority who would say, "Well, why don't you? Why didn't you just quit your job?" I mean, I think it's hopefully it's quite obvious that, that there's three ladies gone through. You never know. Um, you, you never know if you're going to be the one who's picked. Um, mm. I, I think I've said before in a podcast, I'm, I'm never that confident of my ability. So I, I probably thought at the back of my mind, I wouldn't be picked. And I didn't want to risk losing my job um, and not having anything at the end of it. Enti- entirely understandable. I think the many people who, who follow your progress, and I, I know there are lots in, in the UK particularly, and I know you've got a lot of people who take a lot of interest in what you do on Swift, are going to be pretty crushed are you crushed i am and i i can't quite understand why i am so crushed it, I, I find it really upsetting I, I i sort of i never expected to get through to the final but sort of to have that and then not be able to go it's it's, it's quite upsetting so so yes i do feel sad and I, I i do feel i'm i'm actually letting zwift down and i feel i'm letting all those people down who who supported me all the way through and are really enthusiastic and sort of buoyed me along so so yes, I do. I do feel quite crushed. Well, I don't think you're letting anybody down. You've explained fully the circumstances that that were around the decision, and, and I'm not sure that anybody would disagree with 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 the decision that you had to take in in a very short time. Look, let's 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 do what coaches do and say let's take the positive out of out of things. I mean, th- there must have been uh, a lot of positives for you in getting this far in this program. I've seen my FTP rise even in the last sort of three months outdoors. Um, it's the first time I've really ever ridden with a power meter outdoors. Don't be modest. Tell us tell us what it is. What is your FTP at the moment? My 20-minute test using the Quark power meter that they, they sent me, I, I did 324 watts. I was quite pleased with that because I, I actually, I mean, you can do all you like on the train and you think, is it really real? But when you actually go and do it um, outside, it, 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 it is real. So I was... I was very pleased with that. I mean, I think it's down to their, the coaching that they've set us over these three months that have had me swearing on the side of the road. I've been, 
I've been doing FTP sessions in the dark down the A4 in, in pretty cold conditions um, and sort of four-hour sessions on Sundays and hill sessions. And it's been really, really good. I've, I've never followed I've never followed a training program before. So to have it all laid out for me and it's been brilliant. I mean, also, I've made some really very good friends. There's, there's two other ladies, Jessie and Leah, who I've sort of made a real personal connection with during the course of the three months. And it's been great to, to get to know, know people in that way as well. Sort of commiserations, but also congratulations, I think, is, is how I'd like to leave it, Rachel. Well done. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I think that was a bit tough for Rachel, guys. Um, she obviously had a very, very short window to make her mind up and it was effectively give up your job for the chance of being a pro cyclist, but it's only a one in three chance. Ah, that was a really tricky position, I think, don't you, Shane? Yeah, for sure. As we were saying early on, um, it's within a few weeks someone will know if they're going to be a pro cyclist next year or not. That's that's a massive change, um, and and it's both scary, exciting, and you name it. But at the end of the day, yeah, life comes along and uh, gets in the way. <laughs> Nathan, I wonder whether that decision that Rachel had to make, she maybe could have seen coming. I don't know. I mean, you do, you do, you can't possibly know everybody else's personal circumstances, can you? Um, I think she definitely did see it coming at least a little down the road, and. I, I, that was hard to listen to, I got to admit, completely. And um, up front, the first time I saw Rachel Elliott uh, on my radar was during a race, and she whooped all the boys. And everyone was like, <laughs> what? Who is this? And she raised my eyebrows and continues to raise my eyebrows. Like, are you kidding me? Is this girl really this strong? I mean, I was, that was always going on in my head. Like, okay, really? And, um, you know, and then they gave her the cork, and she pulled out that 324. I mean... She's the real deal. Like 5.0, 5.1, 5.2, right around that range for a woman. Who I'm scared. Okay, <laughs> like and and it was hard to hear that uh, situation. And I'm kind of like, man, um, isn't there a special circumstance? Like I was rooting for her, uh, and especially after hearing that. And so um, tough, but uh, you know, I think she, I think it's a, a also a takeaway from it though is like the name that she's made herself in for herself amongst the Zwift community, I think as well. And, uh, the whole experience of it and those who have come around her and really been rooting for her is some amazing takeaway, I think for her. And just like a stamp of like, you are the real deal, like for sure. And, um, Oh, man, just the the whole idea of work, not allowing, uh, allowing that to happen was, was a hard one for me to hear. Yeah, yeah, it was. But you know what? I mean, the thing is, Rachel is now on the radar of Canyon Tram, you would have thought, because I would have thought Canyon Tram are looking very carefully, not only at the last three, but but, but maybe at the whole of the last 12. And, you know, anybody who knows anything about Rachel, and particularly in the UK, where the time trial season she had this, this last summer was just fantastic i mean you know she is on people's radar and it may be that position i don't know i don't i have to tell you boys i do not spend a lot of time watching talent shows but uh, my wife and children tell me that sometimes it's the runner runners up on these television talent shows that actually end up doing better in the long term than the winners so let's see where that one goes um okay now uh lots and lots and lots of news wifters pouring on i was talking to oh four five six people who run different groups and they're all saying the same thing a request after request after request for people to join those groups and the Zwift community is clearly expanding quickly. So with that in mind, I thought it might be a good idea to ask a bit of a fundamental question or try to answer a fundamental question about one of the things you see a lot on Zwift, which is teams. So what is a team? What's it for? What do you get out of it? Here's one of the biggest teams on Zwift, ODZ, who I think can answer some of those questions. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to not one, not two, but three members of Team ODZ. Now, I'm going to say ODZ. I know, really, it should be ODZ, and uh, we'll go with ODZ, but I have to say ODZ because I'm British. 
Uh, Jason Flores, um, you're one of the main organisers. So let me ask you the first question. Why did you set the team up in the first place? We were um, riding on Zwift on Matopia and we were looking for something in our time zone, which was in the morning for uh, Western United States. We just got on, started riding and... uh, we started a group ride. Uh, that's what was born of the, the coffee ride uh, at 5 a.m. Just started promoting on uh, Zwift Riders on Facebook and uh, just started to get riders from there. Justin Wagner, were you the, the first team on Zwift, do you know? If not the first, one of the very first. Um... I think what we can say is that um, it is a team that was born from Zwift. So, I mean, let me ask a, a fundamental question. What is the purpose of a team on Zwift? For me, the purpose of a team is is the community aspect. And, and I think one of the things that really makes the community of Team ODZ different is that we, we heavily use um, audio chat while we're writing. So this started in the early days on... Um, TeamSpeak, and we've since uh, switched over to Discord, uh, but that's been the staple of what's kind of um, made our rides and our, and our community. We really know each other because we we talk to each other, and some of these guys that I ride with, I might talk to them more than I talk to my wife, quite honestly, because <laughs> I ride my bike a lot. <laughs> Justin Laborio, I'm going to bring you in. You're a rider for ODZ and a relatively recent recruit. You enjoyed a lot of success in the recent Team Worlds events, which ODZ had a big hand in organising alongside Tam Burns. You also find the voice chats a really big bonus, I gather. Like some of the rides, uh, you know, when we're all chatting on the audio, I mean, there's things like they they do like movie trivia. It just makes the time kind of like go by. And it's just a really fun community. And uh, I'm just super happy to be a part of it. You know, to kind of back up what Jason said, you get the community aspect. So you get all these great stories. Um, you know, people helping you answer technical questions, uh, you know, these amazing stories of people like, you know, uh, losing weight from, from riding Zwift. Uh, it's just super motivational and, uh, the community is just, it's really strong. Yeah. Uh, Justin Wagner, do you think that having a team, I mean, Zwift is all about community, but as the platform grows bigger and bigger and bigger, there are inevitably more strangers on it. And I've noticed, and I think a few of other, other people have noticed, that to an extent, Zwift has become slightly less social than it was on text and chat. Do you think teams are a way of having a slightly smaller community within a bigger community that promotes a more social environment? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Um, promotes, you know, giving you giving you a community that, that shares an interest with you and, and being able to, to click in that niche and, and feel like you have friends there and not just like you're dropping into some random online game where messages are popping up on the screen and you're not quite sure where they're from or who it is. And it's, you know, I think that team definitely can help you have that uh, personal feel to the game feel like you're riding with your friends yeah i think that's that's an excellent point jason uh, i think a lot of zwifters and certainly a lot of new zwifters would see team and think oh that's just for racers is is that the case with team odz absolutely not um we actually um, offer rides and help to riders of all categories um you could see from our um performance at uh, Team Worlds, or even just our rides across the week. We have rides that are just for, for example, C and D and new group riders. We have rides that aren't even races. They just, um, you just casually go around, you talk, maybe do a couple sprints. It doesn't end with anything, you know, with explosive. It actually doesn't even start out of the pen with anything explosive. We try to kind of take that out of most of our rides. Um, But yeah, it could definitely be, um, I guess, a little bit intimidating, but we try to take that out. Um, with the different rides that we offer. I mean, I know several teams, um, Team Team Z, now renamed Team WBR, offer coached and tutored rides. Uh, they can be incredibly useful as well as an awful lot of fun. Justin Laborio, uh, have, have you done those and have you found that they've had a positive training effect? Absolutely. Um, they offer a, a ride within the community uh, called Skills and Drills, and I believe it's on Wednesdays. And uh, I did a couple of those um, leading up to the world. And, and kind of learn some valuable skills. I mean, I don't come from a race 
racing background. Um, this is all new to me. Uh, and uh, just it just kind of being able to kind of learn from, uh, you know, people who have been doing this a little bit longer. Um, and again, you know, through the audio, it, it's just it, it, it helps tremendously. It's interesting that you all mention audio as being a way of melding a team together and keeping groups together on the road and fostering a sense of community. I mean, we know that audio is coming on a, a much easier to access level via via the platform. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out on Swift, but it sounds like you guys are saying that the the omens for audio are good because it just adds so much to the experience. Is that true, Justin Wagner? Absolutely, hands down. Um, I, I I joke sometimes when on our group rides and say, I'm not sure I would still be on Zwift if we didn't have this audio going. Like, I mean, yeah. it's maybe a bit drastic, but it's like whole nother level of interaction with people that uh that just makes i mean you can you can coordinate real time you know say you're in a race with your buddies you can coordinate real time who's going to go where do what that you just couldn't do with with chat it's just not fast enough you can just get into so much deeper conversations on an endurance ride about who this guy is you know he's not just some pixels on the screen but he has a family he has kids what are his interests and we have all sorts of great conversations couple of quick fire questions. Jason Flores, can anybody join Team ODZ or do you have to be invited? No, um, actually anybody can join. Um, you can always uh, click to like the Facebook group and uh, we'll definitely add you and get you information. And um, no, it's not, in, not in, um, exclusive at all. I mean, you sound as though you're kind of predominantly West Coast of, of the States, but did, did you make an effort to make sure that there are rides in all, to, all time zones? Yeah, we actually have ride leaders um, internationally, including Canada. We do a lot of East Coast rides. Um, we have started a women's only ride um, that's uh, mountain centric as well as Australia centric. Um, so we, t- we do our best to kind of uh, spread ourselves where our, um, I guess, our board members slash ride leaders are. So we definitely are international. We have um, some UK-based ride. We have a um, Euro decaf ride, which is for C&D riders, and that's uh, centric to uh, your time zone. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to get on one. I, 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 I'm thinking of starting a bit of a kind of um, ride review on the podcast, and um, I've, been, I've been trying to do as many different rides as I can to... To, to, to experience the di- and and rides do have different atmospheres actually it's it's incredible how um, how much variety there is within within um, rides run by different organisations so I'm, I'm hoping to start reflecting that quite soon uh, guys it's been fantastic to talk to you I know at least two of you have got up at some ungodly hour in the morning to um, to make this work um, and and so, and for that I am extremely grateful and I think it's also been really interesting for listeners to get a sense of of what a team is and what a team does. And I think you've achieved that very well. So um, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thanks for getting up and uh, ride on. Thank you, Simon. Hey, thanks, Simon. Okay, well, that was all very interesting. But the most interesting bit of it for me was how effectively they use voice. And uh, Nathan, you've been at the vanguard of this and you're continuing to do it. Is voice then, do we think, going to be transformative for Zwift? It's completely transformative. I there there's no if ands or buts about that whatsoever because I think one of the main things is the disconnect between it being a real life ride and not is the ability to communicate at all, right? And so the only communication that we have right now is how fast that person is going with their legs or how many watts they're putting out or whatever it might be. And the second you start communicating, it was like the light went on. You could see it. Like people were like, that was amazing. And uh, it, it got a lot of popularity. And then we moved things to Discord and people started creating all of their own uh, little servers where their group could gain, you know, grow together and have their own space to grow within too. And, uh, it brings in this whole, uh, sub community and identifying with people of likeness, I think in a new way, because you can't, you really can't do that well at all through just text. You can do it fairly well through like third party text places like Facebook and other things. But as soon as you hear someone's voice and you start hearing their life through that voice, it uh, creates a whole new connection of like true friendships, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it, people do say it, it is going to be transformative. And I think they're probably right. Shane, another aspect that I found interesting in that chat with ODZ was 
something that, again, has bubbled up from time to time on the groups, which is that as Swift gets bigger, it's actually, paradoxically, getting less social because it's just so large. And if you're sitting in a pen with 300 racers, as I have done recently, you know, you've got to be quite a big kind of personality to chirp up in that environment because, um, you know, you're kind of worried what people might think or, or that you've been a bit daft or over-friendly or, you know, what, <laughs> whatever. And, and that seems to have possibly, and I'm obviously I'm only talking about text here, but it, it does seem to have made Swift slightly less social. Do, do you think that's right or is it just the rise that I'm doing? No, I've noticed that as well. I've noticed there's less text chatter, and I think that's probably the reason. There is a 1,000 up to nearly 2,000, I think there's over 2,000 people online the other night, and you're exactly right. It's people saying, oh, I won't really oh, – I might sound silly saying that to this many people. Um, so I've noticed the chat actually um, yeah, drop off a little bit, um, but I really can't wait to see what's coming up with the uh, the voice. I've tried the Discord and uh, TeamSpeak early in the, in the piece, and – it's just brilliant. I can't, you know, explain how different it makes it. It makes it like true teamwork out in the road. Um, you know, pull a turn. How are you feeling? Because you can't really text when you're at FTP, um, but you can definitely talk or sort of grunt and huff and puff anyway. So it's uh, again, I can't wait to see what's coming up on the horizon with that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it is going to be good. I mean, one of the things that I've tried to do with with my real life club is get a kind of virtual chain gang and and that's never really worked for us really because a couple of people drop off and you can't pick them back up again and particularly with the with the with the courses being busy and and i think voice for instance for something like an eight or ten or twelve strong chain gang maybe comprised of, of real life mates I could see voice really really making that work whereas on text it's it's been tricky so yeah, uh, bring it on, Swift, and get on with it, will you? Because, you know, <laughs> uh, it seems a long time since we've had anything kind of new and exciting. I mean, no, there's a new course coming, and of course there's the dreaded iOS, uh, but um, it's been a, sort of a bit quiet, hasn't it, recently, with new, shiny new things, Nathan, don't you think? Uh, yeah, this has been quite, I think, uh, there's been a lot going on though. I think, I mean, the Zwift Elsewhere. tour in North America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Zwift tour over in Europe. I mean, yeah. there's been a lot of, uh, other, I think efforts going out. And I think, uh, I do know that, uh, a lot of new development though is happening in house. The iOS obviously has been a huge thing that we've talked about a lot. And so, um, that's coming down the road, but I think, uh, I haven't heard anything. It's pretty quiet on the voice though. Like I haven't heard, I've just, it's coming, but I haven't heard a whole lot of chatter around it. My, so I do have a little bit of, I'm wondering how it's going to come off though. Um, maybe in this world, it's going to come off very, very well. Um, I do know that in the discords that I look at that are using it in Zwift right now, it's a space that's already established for those people. And they're there like every day in the vision cycling, um, discord right now, I have one or two people I'm looking at right now, hanging out in there. And then tomorrow I know Jesper will probably come online from cycling hub TV and he'll be in there with a whole bunch of people that kind of hang out with him in his live stream channels. And they're there like every day riding together in that channel. That's like their space now. And they'll just hang out there and not ride either, you know? So there's these like, um, these places that are already being created that people hang out with voice that, um, I'm wondering if Zwift can accomplish that same thing with a space, if that makes sense, where you can hang out and create a a little home online. And so um, I'm not seeing that being the same thing. And I have a feeling that's why third party softwares with voice have been so extremely successful in the gaming world uh, is because you have people that you do these objectives with and achievements with together that you push on toward together and then when the game's over, it doesn't end. You still can talk and, and hang out and whatever and celebrate that part of your life together about how you did that thing. But in Zwift, the ride's over and the ride's over. I, it would, I don't know. How are they going to do that well, I'm wondering. Well, so. it is, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out and, and how far the translation from real life gets. I mean, I'm guessing, 
showed that voice is just going to have a real role on on group group rides, maybe slightly smaller group rides than the great big organised monsters we've been seeing in Zwift. And like Nathan was saying there, the kind of after stuff would be the equivalent of you know, going to the pub for a beer. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and maybe some small, maybe more more teams like ODZ will spring up with voice, uh, but smaller ones. Well, speaking of going to the uh, the pub for a beer, I think the first time I used voice chat was on the Thank God It's Friday ride, where I think they all do drink beer, don't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> and that was a great social experience. It wasn't a training ride. It was just everyone hanging out. And I happened to be in Long Beach at the time, so my lag was very, very low. It was just a great experience. Yeah, it will be very, very interesting to see how it goes. Um, it is a game changer, but again, it's all about implementation. So we'll see how it goes. But um, back on the development life cycle, um, what is interesting is that for something to be uh, released tomorrow, you know they've got to work on it today and they've been working on it yesterday. So we don't see a lot of that. But when something comes out, we see the end point. So it's the tip of the iceberg that we see. Um, I can't even imagine the amount of work and think that's going in in the background. Um, and I think they probably do lock themselves away a bit and go a bit quiet about this because they're working so hard on it. But um, yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm just a general community member as well, thumping the table, going, "Give us new stuff all the time." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want new shiny things, Swift. Get on with it. Yeah, it's um, near Christmas. Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the, 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 there's stuff coming, of course. There is. We're just going to have to be patient, like waiting for iOS. I said, no, no, I'm not going to mention that again. Uh, Nathan, you just gave us another week, Simon. What are you doing? <laughs> well, actually, sitting here, you won't believe the amount of people who are trying different avenues to find out. I'm just going through my Instagram feed here, and somebody has commented on an Instagram photo that I put up. Um, how long ago was this photo? This this photo was put up um, on the 18th of September. Someone's gone out of their way to find that and ask me, um, when will Zwift be out of beta on Zwift iOS? Oh, so even sad. sitting here now, on the phone, people are trying hard. I'm in the same boat. I want to know too. I'm refreshing all the time. <laughs> well, well I, I'm hesitating, hesitating to revisit this again because you know it is. It's become a bit of a bet noir, actually, the, the, the whole iOS thing. But that that sort of thing, Shane, does suggest that there is this kind of massive untapped reservoir, and the damn wall is just waiting to burst. Maybe, maybe there are like. Hundred thousand people waiting for it, and they're going to. I log hope on so. The I minute, hope so. It, the minute it comes out, and I hope they're bringing their running. Be surprised. I, per, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. Sorry, but I wouldn't be surprised. I just. I my experience Who's with two? a lot of this world <laughs> um, is that uh, you get that all the time. I'm not very techy. I don't really. But they all have an iPad or they all have an iPhone. You know what mm. I mean? Or 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 an Android, and they're like mad. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that don't start that. I think, <laughs> but I think that the uh, or their computer doesn't run Zwift very well. They have a computer. Everybody's got a computer, but it doesn't run mm. it very well. I got to get a graphics card. I'm not getting a graphics card. I just put it on my phone when that comes out. Hey, when's that coming out? <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think that's uh, I think that's I think that there might be a, a pretty, pretty big floodgate there. That's my feeling on it. Here's something interesting from the depths of the internet, speaking of um, hidden away little gems. Um, there was a post by John Mayfield, I think it was over on Reddit, on the Zwift Reddit group, and somebody was, or it may have even been within one of my uh, YouTube comments, someone was saying, hey, the graphics on Zwift are too old. They look too old. It may, it's crap. I don't like it at all. Um, it looks like it's 10 years, uh, 10 years um, you know, in the past. And John's chimed in there with a really interesting answer. He said, look, our demographic aren't gamers and they don't have the hardware to run high-end games. So the graphics are, in, um, are intentionally kept back because our number one, the number one chipset, I think it was an Intel or 4000 Iris chip or something like that, but it was a six-year-old graphics chip. Um, so maybe a segment we can add to the Zwift cast of, you know, what have we found down the rabbit hole that everyone should know about? And this little post by John, I've cut and pasted. I'm like, that's a great one. It really does. Um, I'd love the community to know about. Um, so anyway, there it is. There's, there's the answer on the graphics side of things. And I think Nathan's right with um, people have the iPads and the iPhones because they don't have the computer to run this. Um, so bring on the masses. Bring on the 100,000. Yep. Well, looking forward to lots and lots of great new newbie questions in Zwift Riders, boys. Hey. Uh, Kicker on air. Kicker on Use the pinned post. Use the pinned post. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, Nathan, what's new with you, dude? 
Uh, so what is going on with me? It's starting to train right now. Um, we're like, so balancing, uh, a large amount of training hours, actually, I've been doing kind of like a hundred K a day thing on Zwift, uh, and that might go up sh- shortly. Uh, we are doing the races still on, uh, Zwift's Facebook on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that looks to be growing maybe some expansion of the racing series. We're looking forward to both the ODZ Omnium coming up as well as the Kiss birthday race that is coming up as well from the Kiss racing series. Yeah, Shane, it's a course obviously opposite view and I'm guessing, we're seeing uh, slightly fewer Australians on the platform as you've now got blue skies and warmth, have you? Oh, look, I've just, uh, we we're in Sydney for five weeks and we've just moved back to Melbourne uh, where our home is. And the temperature, and I kid you not, we drove over the border from New South Wales to Victoria yesterday. It was a 10 hour drive. It was 34 degrees. As soon as we passed the border into Victoria, it went to 15. This is Celsius, so somebody will have to do the conversions for me. It The temperature halved. And today it's been raining. And today it's been raining in Melbourne. This is one of the reasons we went to Sydney to get away from the weather. We thought it was good. We'll come back now. We could have stayed through till Christmas, but I thought, no, look, let's go home. So there's a lot of indoor work going on, um, but also a lot of outdoor rides as well. It's been brilliant in the last um, – when, when the sun does come out, it has been really, really good. Yeah, lovely. Okay, well, talking of sunny spots, I was in a sunny spot earlier in the week. I was in Italy. Cold it was, but sunny and lovely. Uh doing a factory visit with Elite, which was super interesting and is going to be all over the next Zwiftcast. So until then, thanks very, very much as ever, boys. Always great to talk to you. Another lively show, I think. Lots to discuss. I'm sure iOS will be out by the time this comes out. Oh, when's it coming out, by the way? Do you have a date? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, boys. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate it. Cheers, Simon. I believe it's a week on Tuesday. made that last bit up by the way that's it for this episode just the usual reminder that my thanks lie with Zwift for their support for the podcast but that support doesn't influence anything we have to say thanks for listening Zwifters see you next time <laughs>